a racing heart, sweaty palms, a jolt of adrenaline. These are just some of the physical responses to a stressful situation. But once a tense moment has passed, the human body typically starts to transition back to its normal resting state. However, for survivors of a major traumatic event, these reactions can continue for weeks or months on end as a lasting reminder of the pain endured. Dr. James S. Gordon is a psychiatrist and the founder and executive director of the Nonprofit Center for Mind-Body Medicine in Washington, D.C. He's also a clinical professor at Georgetown Medical School and author of The Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma. Gordon regularly works with people who've experienced this major psychological event. But what constitutes trauma, really? Trauma is a Greek word. It means injury. It's injury to our body, to our mind, to our spirit. It's what comes to us as a part of being a human being. Gordon says most people will go through some level of trauma in one form or another during their lives. This can be the loss of a loved one, a pet, dealing with cancer or a divorce, or even finding yourself in the middle of an unexpected event like a mass shooting. Regardless of the underlying cause, it's helpful to grip the enormous impact these situations have on the human body and psyche. The results of trauma are that it disrupts our lives in a variety of ways, causes chaos, may cause us to shut down emotionally, to become more anxious and fearful, hypervigilant, to have difficulty sleeping. It disrupts every psychological and biological and social function. And I think the important thing to note is that it's going to come to all of us sooner or later. In a group demo led by Gordon, he highlights that trauma can strike anyone. It doesn't matter where you come from, your age, ethnicity, or race. However, he does believe that these demographics can increase our risk. All of us in that circle, and we were black, white, brown, all different sort of uh, parts of the rainbow that is the world. And all of us were able to locate in our histories some sense of that trauma, some sense of that historical prejudice and isolation that we'd experienced. So a young a black doctor talked about being stopped by the police when he was going home from a late shift as a resident in the hospital. And he said, they keep stopping me for driving while black. Here I am going home from a hospital. I'm a middle-class guy. And my parents had told me this kind of thing would happen. And there are certain kinds of trauma that many will never experience. That's why it's so important to learn how to correctly empathize with others. If you do that, you're a long way down the road to understanding other people. And then the other thing is simply to shut up and listen. <laughs> when I, I work with, you know, on Indian Reservation, we do a lot of work on Pine Ridge Reservation, which is the second poorest county in the United States and was the site of the Wounded Knee Massacre in the 19th century. And I work with refugees and all over the world. And if you just are there with people and you have an opportunity to sit down, whether it's in person or you pay attention to the accounts that people have written about their lives, just approach them with an open mind and an open heart and you'll learn a great deal. Listening to other stories is not only important to gaining better perspective, but it can also be therapeutic to recovery. Gordon says trauma also plays a big impact on your body's key biological and psychological functions. 
trauma very directly challenges us, challenges us as if it were a life or death situation. I think that's really important to understand, that even though it may be the loss of a family member or a rejection or a major disappointment, and there's no obvious physical threat, we are programmed as vertebrates, as animals with backbones, we are programmed to react as if it were a life or death threat. A person's reaction to trauma can take two distinctive routes. The first, flight or fight, is the most common and well-known reaction. But while many believe flight or fight is caused by a physical or environmental stressor, it can also stem from emotional and mental stress. For instance, the loss of a loved one or friend can push a person to react as if it were a life-or-death situation. You feel overwhelmed, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that response is mediated by the most biologically or evolutionarily primitive part of the parasympathetic nervous system deep in the brainstem. So there's fight or flight and freeze. Both are potentially life-saving. If an animal is assaulted by a predator and is in the jaws of a predator, the best strategy is just to go limp and put out a lot of endorphins to numb the pain and to remove oneself at least imaginatively, from the situation. And that's what we humans do as well. And again, it's a life-saving response, but it's meant to be turned on quickly and turned off quickly. And if it persists, then it produces the state of chronic freezing, chronic emotional shutdown and withdrawal that we see in people who've been severely traumatized. This freeze reaction happens when people completely detach from a tense situation. So, how do professionals step in and begin to help someone in this position? The fundamental technique that I teach right at the beginning of the transformation and that I always use when I'm working with people who've been traumatized or just people who are under significant stress is soft belly breathing. Breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth with the belly soft and relaxed. And what happens is that that soft belly breathing balances out the fight or flight response relaxes the tense big muscles, slows heart rate, improves digestion, quiets part of our brains that are concerned with fear and anger. When people are stuck in a constant fight-or-flight cycle, the relationship between the mind and body is disrupted. I teach shaking and dancing. So just getting up, having your feet shoulder-width as you stand, and shaking from your feet up through your knees and hips and chest and shoulders and head and neck and just letting your whole body go. And that breaks up the fixed patterns that come fixed physical, fixed mental patterns, the fixed shutdown state that keeps us not only from smooth physical functioning and from use of our mental faculties, but also keeps us from appreciating our spiritual connection. And so that work of shaking begins to open us to the spiritual, as well as restoring physical and psychological balance. So what advice does Gordon have for living in today's world where life can feel so chaotic and overwhelming sometimes? I think it's very helpful and healing not only to connect with people who share our perspectives, 
but also to connect in as loving and open-minded and open-hearted a way as possible with people who may differ from us, that we need to start bridging these gaps. And that is also a way to overcoming our trauma because we're all affected, no matter what our ethnicity or political persuasion or age, we're all affected by this uh, kind of nationwide trauma that's being produced every day. To learn more about this topic and our guest, James S. Gordon, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, check out Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This story originally aired in August 2020 and was produced by Amira Zaveri and Kate Novak. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. This segment is brought to you by Jackson Hewitt. Can't wait weeks for your tax refund? Then don't. At Jackson Hewitt, get money today if you're approved for a no-fee refund advance loan on a prepaid card. Book today at jacksonhewitt.com. No-fee refund advance offered to eligible clients. Application required. Loans by Republic Bank. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Coming up next week... You work hard, you get your down payment, you have an income, you can get a house. As of 2022, that changed, especially into 2023, and now we're here 2024. For many people, buying a home feels impossible right now. Then... Many astronauts from the 1960s who worked on the early space shuttle program actually made public statements to the effect that this is not a safe vehicle and people should not be flying it. The truth about America's retired space shuttle program. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.